It has definitely been a busy week, with people focused on the letter from Vigano and how he and a certain auxiliary bishop from Kazakhstan are seemingly the lone voices defying the word from the Vatican on our present situation and its solution, as well as some major thing going on in the city of man that has everyone's eyes turned in that direction. And for good reason, honestly. But there have been a few stories this week out of the church that got missed, so I'm going to do something unusual here. I'm going to do a quick look at a few of them so you can have a good idea of what is going on and who in the church you should be praying for, because this week has been strange and it is completely understandable why a few of those stories fell in the cracks and weren't widely reported on by the Catholic media. And it is odd that a few Catholic commentators have fallen silent in the past few days or even weeks. So let's pray that they return quickly to this medium, because we do need their voices here in the mix. The first story involves one of the newly minted cardinals out of Rome, Cardinal Cantalamesa. In October of 2020, Father Reniero Cantalamesa was elevated to the office of cardinal having been elevated by Francis with a dispensation from the usual requirement of his being a bishop first. He was just a priest prior. Just. <laughs> this isn't the first time it has been done historically, and in fact, before the council, it wasn't all that unusual to see a few cardinals who had been elevated in this way hanging around the Vatican. This week, the story broke that Cardinal Cantola Mesa said that he believed in an eighth sacrament, being poor, though he didn't say it was a formal eighth sacrament. He said this in December at an Advent retreat, and the story broke this week, which is typical, from Gloria.tv. Cardinal Raniero Cantalamesa provided, at a December 18th Advent retreat, a quote-unquote biblical and theological foundation for a preferential choice for quote-unquote the poor. He published his theories on cantalamesa.org. For him, it is, a, well, it is well founded to speak of a quote-unquote sacrament of the poor, which he doesn't hesitate to compare to the Eucharist. Quote, he who said over the bread, this is my body, used the same words about the poor as well, Cantola Mesa claims and offers as a proof Matthew 25 verse 31, where Christ says that what is done to the least of these is done to him. However, saying, this is my body and saying, you did this for me are two very different things, end quote. We can now see why Father Cantola Mesa received the promotion that he did. Prior to getting promoted, he was Francis's house homilist, saying the Mass for the Pope when he wasn't saying it himself publicly. What the Cardinal is saying here is rooted deep in liberation theology. That idea, popularized by the former Jesuit, of course, priest Leonardo Boff in South America, who I have numerous times covered his works here on this channel, most recently with his involvement in Fratelli Tutti, as well as in the Amazon Synod. Though the liberation theology has its roots in the same work that Bella Dodd spoke about going back as far as the 1920s. If you want an idea of where it comes from, go check out her book, School of Darkness, though I don't think it explicitly talks about that idea system, but it comes from the same source. Because as it turns out, Dodd and her coterie weren't the only ones sent to do the work that they did. It was something done all over the Western world on behalf of the old Bolsheviks. Go figure. Now we're reaping the rewards of that work. The preferential option for the poor was one concession made by the Vatican to the liberation theology folks in the 1980s, and it was, has been with us ever since, even if that movement was formally rebuked by Rome at the time. Calling being, a poor, being poor a sacrament is a bit much, but what do we really expect out of the Church of the New Advent? Moving on back to my home, another newly minted cardinal, Wilton Gregory, has continued the work of his predecessors, Worrell and McCarrick, in kissing up to the newly minted Caesar. Just prior to his elevation, Gregory feeded the new Caesar with his appearance at a strictly secular event. 
It is worth a reminder here that the New Caesar is at odds with the church in its teachings on, well, virtually every salient topic in our time, and has promised to continue the work of Moloch that had been minorly disrupted in recent years. Gregory's appearance is an overt endorsement of this in his program, which isn't surprising, since Gregory had been a vocal critic prior to the arrival of Caesar. We should expect the Cardinal Gregory to remain silent once the Little Sisters of the Poor find themselves struggling against Caesar and Moloch again in the coming months and years. After all, Gregory's post, it, it is his job to ensure that relations between Caesar and the otherwise useless U.S. Conference of U.S. Catholic Bishops remains not only intact, but continues to be profitable for the bishops. And Gregory will absolutely do that quite well, given his history, again, with both Wuerl and McCarrick because he does have a history with them. Go check that out if you want to. On the opposite side of the ethical spectrum, we get a new proclamation from Caesar's predecessor that dedicates January 22nd, which is, by my calendar today, to those who labor against Moloch in the eternal struggle between our Lord and the Lord of the world. And this included the most high-profile garden having an installation that honors saints for all time. The saints are iconic ones in question in the way are iconic ones for America, and this move is being widely seen as a thumb in the eye of Caesar. That having been said, this move will almost certainly be undone rather quickly, but the gesture is still important, as it serves as a reminder that we as Catholics have a major issue to deal with in our ranks. We have several, but at least one comes to mind. That those who often profess to be with us, and on paper often are, in fact, serve the Lord of the world, not Christ the King. That is something to remember as we move forward into the new period I spoke about yesterday. And if you'd like to read that proclamation, I have it linked in today's show notes at returntotradition.org. Finally, we have a story of how you can be proactive in this new period of shadows and looming darkness. Dr. Peter Kwasniewski has launched a novena for the Eucharist, which starts in just a handful of days. He says in an official release, quote, Stepping back and taking the broad view, there is no doubt about it. We are witnessing an acceleration in the sinfulness of mankind, and this includes, alas, Catholics, whereby more and more extreme forms of evil are becoming more and more regular. Our sins are piling up in number and gravity, as if we want the inevitable divine reckoning to be as terrifying as possible. It seems that at least a few should stay awake and watch with Jesus in his agony in the garden, should unite themselves to his cross, and should deny themselves in order to beg the Lord for his mercy. Abraham asked the Lord if he would spare a city where only a few just men lived, and the Lord said assuredly he would. Chastisement has come and will come, but our prayers and sacrifices will strengthen us in bearing the storm and bearing fruit for the eventual restoration of the church and of the faith. In some mysterious way, our involvement is part of the unfolding of God's work, and we should not stay on the sidelines where we can enter more deeply into his work. End quote. If you'd like to know more about that, check out the show notes at my sources blog for more information. If you can't fully participate, at least make the effort to go to adoration if you can, though I cannot personally because there really isn't a good source of adoration anywhere near me. Downside of living in rural America, I guess. And I suspect the same is the, well, I suspect it's the same situation for many of you listening to me today. Those are some of the stories that were overlooked this week. I hope that ending on a positive or at least proactive note was helpful for you, as sometimes we ask what it is that we can do in these times to set the world straight for Christ. In addition for praying for the church, I ask that you pray for all the figures that I mentioned here today. Christ says we are to pray for our adversaries, which is the hardest thing he asks of us, and it is a great work of charity to do so. Not for their intentions, of course, but for their souls. So please pray for the church 
and for the souls of those folks today. And thanks to the patrons of this channel for your support in these times. It is truly appreciated. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.